To continue our Christmas tradition, Destination Mystery has put together some positively paranormal stories from some of our favorite paranormal friends. We hope this episode finds you and yours healthy during this holiday season. Stay tuned. Mystery Media Group presents another positively paranormal Christmas. listening to Mystery Media Group. Yay! This episode starts with a wonderful story from our friend Casey, who is a firefighter and paramedic. I was at the station one day. I get a call to go to the county courthouse. They said it was a male who had uh, chest pain. And usually when you're going to the courthouse like this, it, it's usually somebody trying to get out of going to jail. You know, the judge is sent us now. Now they got chest pain. And I could tell dispatch is trying to talk to us. And then they said, one of the bailiffs, my whole family's been in, involved in law enforcement and I've had uncles who was a judge. And I mean, we're, we're all in, in public service. We get there and I just had a gut feeling it's my dad. As I go in there, I grab stuff. I mean, and we're carrying in boxes. I mean, it depends on what kind of call it is. You know, we got a drug box, we got an airway box, we got a monitor, we got backboards, we got everything. And here we are running in there. And I just remember them holding the elevator. And I, I said, hey, is this, is this my dad? And now they just look at the ground. I get in there and yeah, it was my dad. He had a heart rate of eight. I ripped his clothes off, put these patches on him and I'm shocking him. And I'm doing CPR on him. We go up to the hospital and it, it didn't go the best. I mean, we had our, our driver was trying to get the hospital so fast because he knew it was my dad and it comes personal. And I mean, we're pacing him and we're shocking him and doing CPR. We're pushing drugs on him, trying to get his heart going again. We called ahead to have cardiologists there and they had everything going. We get up there and then they took over and then they, they had to kind of pull me away. The doctor says, you know, Casey, out of everybody here, you know more than anybody what the outcome is more likely going to be. You know, with a brain injury, you want your dad to be in a nursing home the rest of his life. I said, you know, I, I was on him. We got to him just in time, blew him down. The salt lake, they froze him. They did cryogenics on him. Within just like three or four days, he was almost 100%. I was asking him questions that only I knew. And when I would ask him, he'd squeeze my fingers. Cryogenics was not a big thing. They're doing more and more of it. I remember grabbing his hand. He was blue. I think they dropped his core temperature. To, I want to say like 80 or 85. It was cold. Keeps your brain from swelling. Every day, weaning him off all this stuff. I really felt like someone was watching over him. Hey, this is John Olson. I'm the author of the Stranger Bridgeland book series. And I'm here to tell you guys a very positive ghost story that once happened to me. 
it was about 17 or 18 years ago. My mother is from Denmark. She's born in Denmark. And my grandparents were from Denmark. As I grew up, my grandmother would come and visit every summer. And then like every other Christmas, she would come and visit. And then my grandpa would come every couple summers and visit. That's how we got to spend time with my grandparents on that side. My grandfather had passed away several years before. And I was married a young father. I had my oldest, who was only about two and a half, three years old. And my grandmother had passed away a couple months before because she was in Denmark and we didn't have any money at the time. So only my mom and dad was able to go over to the funeral out of the whole family. So it went a couple months and I felt bad that I never got to go to the funeral and say my goodbyes, but I'd made peace with it. It was a Saturday morning and my wife at the time was a, a beautician. So Saturday mornings, it was big for her. She would leave early in the morning to go do wedding updos. She had got up and got ready and left. And I was in, in my bedroom and my son was on the other side of the house in his crib in the bed. And I was asleep, but not asleep. I was awake enough because I expected him to start crying at any moment. So I was just listening. And all of a sudden, there was a knock at my bedroom door. I said, come in. And the door opened. And my grandma walked in. And she came in and sat at the edge of the bed. And she looked at me. And I said, oh, hi, Grandma. How are you doing? And she goes, I'm good. And we had a long conversation about how my mother was doing and how the grandkids were doing and questions about all this. And, and all of a sudden, I kind of looked at her. And I said, Grandma, you passed away two months ago. And she got a big smile on her face. And she said, that doesn't mean that I can't come visit you from time to time. And she patted me on the leg and she got up from the bed and walked out and shut the door. And as she did, I kind of came from that partially asleep, partially awake to fully awake. And I thought, you know, was it a dream? Did I imagine it? But the indentation on the bed where she sat was still there. And I could smell her perfume, which we could smell all the time. And we knew grandma from her perfume. So I knew at that point that my grandma had come to say goodbye to me in that waking, sleeping state where maybe they can communicate a little better if the veil is thin. But a lot of people, doctors or whatever that I've mentioned, they're like, oh, that was your subconscious saying goodbye and all of that. But in my heart, I know that it was my grandma that came to say goodbye to me. Just sweet and nice and, and really special. This is Cozy with Not So Cozy Crimes, and I'm going to read you a story called An Unlikely Angel. It was 1999, a few days after Christmas. A black dog with a little white around his mouth wandered onto the front porch and settled in as if he had lived there his whole life. Whenever anyone left the house to do chores or walk next door to my brother-in-law's house, the dog followed. He patiently waited until everything was done, and then he would follow us home and then lie back down on our porch. Inside, the house was full of sadness and quiet conversation. My 91-year-old father-in-law, Jim, was gravely ill. The family had gathered to his care to cook, to clean, and to welcome guests. Jim and his wife, Dorothy, were beloved pillars of the community. This curious visitor gave us something new to talk about, a wonderful distraction. Whose dog was he? Did someone drop him off along the side of the road? Did he intend to stay? Either way, it would be dark soon, and he would be cold. Jim sat in the rocking chair by the front window, where he could see the happy black dogs, comings and goings, this curious visitor. We called the radio station, animal shelter, newspaper, sheriff, and several neighborhood farms about a lost dog. Meanwhile, we made him comfortable on the porch with food, water, and a blanket. 
The days leading up to the new year brought no news, but we were all just content that our little companion had stayed around. My father-in-law said he wanted to live long enough to see the new millennium, and he did. He passed away on January 2nd, the same day the little black dog had left. Then, the weather turned cold, and the snow fell every day for the rest of the winter, it seemed. Sometime later, we heard that the black dog was a rescue dog living with a family about a mile and a half from the farm. His name was Bogert. The following summer, Bogert returned to see us again. When his owners came to pick him up, we told them about his angelic Christmas visit and how he had comforted our family with his cheerful companionship. We wanted them to know how much that meant. This is Kristen Clay with Story Tours, the Ogden and Salt Lake City Ghost Tours. So many of the, the buildings in Ogden, the historic buildings between Wall Avenue and Washington Boulevard, have upper floors that were once used as brothels. And local legend suggests that the Woodmancy Building was no exception to this. So the Woodmancy Building is located on Washington Boulevard. It's uh, across from the Market Star Building or the Key Bank Building. It was constructed in 1856. It was one of the many buildings built by Charles Woodmancy. He was a very successful businessman, a God-fearing man. He rolling in his grave right now if, due to the tawdry use of his monument to hard work and industry that happened after he sold the buildings. So one of the bygone proprietors of this building who either profited from or turned a blind eye to the wanton practices of the booming brothel business of his day, he didn't seem to approve of one of the more recent owners. So in fall of 2005, a woman opened a charming salon. She called it perfectly polished. I like to say it's perfectly haunted. But apparently having a female owner was just too much for this misogynistic uh, man to handle. And so he let her know it from beyond the grave. He made himself known as the holiday festooning was underway. So the shopkeeper was attempting to deck her halls with festive garland. And she was lacing it up above the entryway. And as she stepped down from her stepladder, she was astonished to see the decoration yanked down again. So she climbed back up and she would put this garland back up over the door, step down, and it would be thrown. One employee said it was even thrown at them. Well, with determination, this brave salon owner climbed back up the stepladder and admonished her roguish poltergeist. She said, all right. I am the owner. I am going to decorate. I am going to run this business as I see fit. And you are not going to cause any more interruptions. So then she hung the garland up one more time. One day, a patron came into the salon. As she was passing by, she told her the ghosts told her to come into the building. And she revealed the name of this spook that was so disruptive. His name was Edward. But my favorite ghost of Christmas past is a young girl who appears to be around seven years old. Well, she's been seen in and around the building. She appears in old, tattered, uh, pioneer-style dress. And she's also been spotted watching Ogden's Christmas parade and Santa run. 
Well, when the nail technicians turn their back or walk into the room, sometimes they can hear the little clink, clink, you know, of, of fingernail polish bottles being moved around. Because what little girl can resist beautiful colors of fingernail polish? Well, at Christmas time, they decided that they were going to decorate a tree. So a couple of the employees, they went to the store down at Rainbow Gardens to find some Christmas ornaments. And if you've ever been there, you know that their selection of ornaments is amazing. And they have a lot of personalized ornaments, different styles with your names on them. And as they were shopping and looking at different ornaments, she saw that in her basket that she was carrying, her shopping basket, there was an ornament. And when she picked it up, it was a personalized ornament with the name Emily. And she looked at her coworker and said, did you put this in here? She said, no. So they hung it back up on the shelf and they were looking around again and they found some other personalized ornaments. And as they were standing there looking at the ornaments and deciding what to get, another ornament fell into their basket. Well, when they picked it up and looked at it, once again, it had the name Emily on the ornament. They decided right then and there that that was the sign they should get that ornament. So they took it back to their cute little Christmas tree, hung it up, and Emily, who they discovered was the ghost, happily wiggled her ornament. They would walk in, there'd be no other ornament wiggling, but they would see this ornament wiggling as if somebody were tapping it with their fingers and moving it. Obviously, in a haunted building, they're not the only ghosts, but those are definitely the ghosts of Christmas past. Now, in Victorian England, ghost stories were traditionally told at Christmas time. So it's very appropriate that we tell the stories of ghosts of Christmas past. Many of you know that Christmas Carol will tell scary ghost stories and tells of the glories of Christmases long, long ago, which also leads us to Charles Dickens. His famous Christmas Carol was about three ghosts who appeared at Christmas time. Thank you for listening to the Ghosts of Christmas Past. I'm Melissa with Destination Mystery and Ghost Girl Memoirs, and I'm going to tell the story of the snow angel. Ice and snow pelted the window of the office where I was working. As the wind howled, I wondered how I would get home. The 12-mile route took me up and down steep hills and around treacherous turns. I whispered a prayer for safety. My old green blazer was doing well over the ice-crusted rowway, dodging the snowdrifts. But as I ascended one of the steepest and scariest hills, I noticed the tires were slipping and my trusty SUV was having difficulty climbing the grade. I decided it was time to switch to four-wheel drive. I pulled the lever back, just like my husband had taught me. Slowly, the tires gripped the road and the top of the hill came within sight. But at the crest, the vehicle just stopped. I pushed and pulled the lever. Nothing happened. I was stuck, with snow and ice pelting and swirling around my car. Now what? Even though I had met no one on this lonely stretch of road, I silently asked that someone might come to help. After a few minutes, I spied an old, rattling pickup truck. A smiling young man I'd never seen before in our small rural community rolled down his window and asked if I needed help. I assured him that I did. He stepped into the wintry madness and showed me how to maneuver the four-wheel drive shifting gear, locking it into place. In no time, I had the blazer moving forward home, 
When I turned to ask the young man where he lived, he was gone. So do you believe in angels? Because now I do. And I was able to enjoy Christmas with my family. If you enjoy our show, please like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. We will be introducing other Mystery Media Group guests in our upcoming episodes, along with weekly bonus material. If you'd like to see more pictures and evidence from our adventures, visit www.destination-mystery.com. You'll find a link to our blog, as well as a link for merch and contact information. Until next time, find your own destination. Solve the mystery. This is a production of Mystery Media Group. Yay!